What is God doing? You are probably asking that question as I and others are. What is God doing in all of this? COVID-19, what's he doing? Why? Divine disruption. Divine disruption is what God is doing according to Dr. Tony Evans, a great, great preacher there in Dallas. God is disrupting our lives by him, through him, and for our good. What is God doing? He's collapsing our pillars of security, says our friend, Pastor Richard Smith from Spartanburg, who's been a part of our conferences in the past. That's what God's doing. Those pillars of security of which we've built our life, God's collapsing them. He's bringing them down. He's crushing them. Or Dr. Gore, what's God doing? God is in the details. God is in the details of what's happening. In his love, Christ is giving us a gift we need, yet we do not want. That's what God's doing. God's giving us a most precious gift that is far more valuable than any gift we could imagine. And we need this gift, but we don't like it. (laughs) We don't want it. Asking Pastor Paul Patrick, who we believe and are trusting and hoping becoming our pastor very soon here, asking him, Paul, what's God doing? I like his answer. Look at his answer. But I don't know what God is doing. No one does. COVID-19, says Pastor Paul, is exposing our frailties as creatures. He's exposing our frailty as, as creatures. Everything we have built with our hands and our minds can come to a standstill. This sudden forced pause in life would serve us well if it turned to the creature's attention to the Creator. And found him as our redeemer and our sustainer. We the creatures looking to our creator. Christ, you are our redeemer. You are our sustainer. You are our life. Jesus Christ, God, man. Jesus Christ, deity. Jesus Christ, perfect human who never thought said or did anything wrong, who willingly, living that perfect, obedient life, willingly went to the cross to receive God's judgment against sin, God's punishment and wrath against sin that Christ did not deserve. He didn't deserve that punishment, but he did it. For the joy set before him to provide salvation, to provide perfection, his perfection on behalf of all those 
the Father gives to him. What is God doing? Hopefully, he's giving us another opportunity to pursue him and love him and trust him above all other desires. What is God doing? I believe he's showing us our idols. Our idols. Those priorities that we have embraced that either equal him or surpass him. Our idols. What's an idol? An idol is a person, a place, a thing, or a thought. That's an idol. It's a person who becomes equal to God in our life. A place, a thing, a thought that occupies our affections and our emotions more than our Love, affection, and emotion for him. That's an idol. And he's exposing our idols. Has our idol been athletics? (laughs) He takes that from us. (laughs) No more sports, watching, engaging activities. Is it finances that are most important to us? He's taking our retirements. The stock market. He's taking jobs. He's taking income. He's saying, what is our priority? In 2 Chronicles chapter 15, 2 Chronicles there in the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles Chronicles chapter 15 verse 4, And following, it says, God brought about a distress upon his people. He brings a distress. And the people returned to the Lord, their God. They began seeking him while in distress. They began seeking him and he revealed himself to them. They had lost their peace and he restored peace to them. When? Through their great distress, their disturbances, their affliction, he broke them, he crushed them. And then this statement, for God troubled them in every sort of distress. God troubled his own people. With every sort of distress, God brings the distress. God brings about the trouble. God causes this. Why? Because he loves his family. And he must have priority. He wants to give peace. But it comes only by his direction. I like what I'm paraphrasing again Pastor Tony Evans, where he said to his congregation, through all of this, if we only see what we see and fail to see as God intends us to see, we have failed to see. If we only see what we see 
and fail to see what God intends for us to see, we have failed. If we only see a virus, COVID-19, if that's all we're seeing, if we fail to see what God intends for us to see, we have failed. What is God wanting to show us? Not only through a virus, but he's wanting us to see our idols, our sin, that we may turn from them. Again, God is, what's he doing? He is sending, he allows. You go to scripture, family, it's there. Throughout scripture, it's in the Old Testament, it's in the New Testament. God sends problems difficulties. He brings about crisis. He brings pain and suffering to his people. Why? To get our attention, to capture our hearts. He brings about pain and suffering and crisis to turn us from going our own way. We see him bringing drought, famine, We see his people who he loves begging for water, begging for food. We see God's people caught by enemies, punished, captured, enslaved. The cruelty they experience. Why? He's bringing them back to himself. Hearts, affections, priorities. He takes crisis because he loves us to bring us back to himself. So what's God doing? He's showing us our idols. Secondly, I believe God is answering our prayers. There are people in the United States and throughout the world who are crying out to God for a revival, a great spiritual awakening. He's answering our prayers. Here often we pray here in this family, Lord, take from us and give to us whatever is needed for us to love you. Take from us whatever is needed. Give to us whatever is needed, whatever is necessary, as long as you are our first love. God, I believe, is answering our prayers for revival and renewal. Taking our health, taking relationships, taking finances, rearranging our schedules so that he is answering our prayers. From the scriptures that we've had, we have for today, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Christ is saying to his family, trust him. With all of our heart, through this time and in every day, do not lean on our own understanding. Do not depend on what we see on the surface. No, we're to trust him not with our own understanding, but in all of our ways. 
acknowledge him, that he is sovereign, that he, he is supreme, he knows what he is doing, he is good, all that he does is good, and listen, everything he allows and permits in the lives of his children is for our good. That's what he's saying. Acknowledge his sovereignty and watch him make our path straight. And also may we learn from Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, may we learn. I see here in these verses, Romans 8, 28 and following, there are five truths we are to believe. Five truths we're to believe we're to rest upon, we're to share with others. The first truth we see from these verses is this. God is working for the good of his people. He is working for our good. Romans 8, 28. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. He wants us to know this, that he is taking all things and working it together for our good, not a few things. He's not taking some things. No, he's taking all things. I struggle to believe this, but it's true because God says it. We can know that even in all of this, he is allowing or even will allow. It's for our good. Secondly, we see that God is for us. He's for us. He's not against you if you're in Christ. Look at verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He's for you if you're in Christ. He's for his church. He's for his family throughout his nations. He's working for our good. Secondly, he's for us. He's not against us. Thirdly, he will provide whatever we need to bring him praise. He will provide everything we need in order to bring him praise and fulfill his purposes. Look at verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things. God the Father has given the most precious gift that he could give. He's given his only son, Jesus Christ. He gave up his son to become one of us, to live that life of perfect obedience, to take that cruelty and abuse and brutality upon himself, 
allowing His most holy Son to become sin as He never sinned, but to become sin so that by His resurrection, Christ gives His holiness. The Father has given the most superior gift that He could give His Son. He will graciously give to His own everything needed for His praise. That does not mean He will always give good health. That does not mean He will always give the finances we want. But even in illness, even in death, even in a collapsed economy, He will provide everything needed in order to bring Himself praise. He will provide. What else is He doing? Number one, He's working for our good. Number two, He's far His own. Three, He will provide. Fourth, Fourth, Jesus is praying. Verse 34, who is to condemn? Jesus Christ is the one who died. More than that, who was raised. Who is at the right hand of God. Who indeed is interceding for us. What's Christ doing? He's praying. He's interceding. Perfect Prayers, perfect prayers for all of his people, for his bride, his church, those for whom he died and was resurrected. He's praying, he's praying, he's praying that we not fail, that we not give up, that we not quit, but thrive spiritually, thrive. He's praying. Then lastly, what is he doing? He is making us secure. Secure in his goodness. Secure in his power. Secure in his strength. People may fail us. People may fail you, but not Christ. If you're in him, you are secure. You're secure in him. Look at verse 35 and following. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Is it possible? No, no, no. Shall tribulation or distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, Virus, collapsed stock market, a sword? Is it possible to separate you from Christ's affection? As it is written, verse 36, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We're regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. What a comparison. We're we're like sheep, ready to be slaughtered by a cruel world. But no, no, no. In all these things, we're secure. We're more than conquerors through Christ who has loved us. Verse 38. You can be sure of this. 
for all who are in Christ. You can be sure of this, that death itself, that life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things in the present, nor things to come, there is no power. You can not go high nor depth or anything else in all of creation is able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We're secure, regardless of what happens in the present and the future. For all who are in Christ, we're secure. Christ is praying. Christ will provide. Christ is for us. And he's working all of this together for our good. One of the greatest hymns we have in the church is the great hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And we're about to sing it together. And we invite you who are watching, join with us. Let's sing these truths. Some background that will help us appreciate this great hymn. Back in 1347, 1347 through 1350, a plague swept the world all the way from China into Europe from a plague killing one-fourth of the population of England. Imagine that. One out of every four people died from this plague in England. And then another black death plague in 1527. 1527. The people of Wittenberg, Germany, were told to leave, to vacate Wittenberg. Martin Luther, the great professor was ordered to leave with his family and like others were ordered to leave. But he stayed. He stayed to care for the sick. A friend asked him, Johann Herr, asked Luther, what should we do? Should we stay or should we leave? I like Luther's answer. And I summarize his answer with three words. Caution, care, and confidence. Caution, care, and confidence. First of all, use caution, Luther said to Johann Herr. And our medical community say to us, use caution. Yes, use medicine. Take medicine. Fumigate your house, says Luther. Fumigate your yard. Fumigate the street. Do everything possible. Use caution in medical care. We would say, use social distance. Bathe, stay clean, keep your distance. No large crowd. Yes, use caution. But secondly, Give care. 
Give Christ-like care. As Christ was ridiculed for going to the leper and touching a leper who he himself could become ill. Luther says, use caution, but give care. Luther welcomed into his own home the ill. With his own son, with a pregnant wife there, he welcomed. Use caution, but give Christ-like care. Luther said, I'll go to a neighbor. I'll help whoever I can. Luther said, now, avoid unnecessary people, places, avoid those. But when there's a need, go freely. Go to help the sick. It was in this competence. Remember, use caution, give care with great confidence. It is in this death plague in the 1527 through 1529 there in Wittenberg, Germany that we believe Luther wrote the great hymn that we're about to sing. One of my favorites. A mighty fortress is our God. Look at those words. A mighty fortress is our God. A bulwark never failing. Our helper. He amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. We're being flooded with a deadly virus. Flooded. Deadly virus. Mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe does seek to work us woe. But we have a helper. We have a mighty defense. Jesus Christ. Let's sing of Christ. Let's rest in Christ. So what are we to do? How are we to apply what we hear in Scripture? Use caution? Absolutely. Use good health care. Avoid unnecessary contacts, people in places, but aggressive, Christ-honoring care for those who legitimately need it, and we appreciate our medical community. Men and women, doctors, nurses, health care providers who are risking their own health, their own families, to care for the needs of others. Caution, care, with confidence of Christ to minister to the needs. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Christ. It's his life. It's his death. It's his burial, his resurrection. So, Father, for us, yes, but for all of your people around us and throughout your world, that great caution that we need to do that which is wise and aggressively caring for the needs of others even at our own risk, preferring others above ourselves. And Father, with great confidence in Christ, protector, provider, do all that's needed that he is worshiped and trusted.
In his name we ask. Amen.